Blog Talk Radio. I have returned to the land of the living. I am a zombie. I am a zombie. I am a zombie. Every dead body that is not exterminated becomes one of them. It gets up and kills. The people it kills get up and kill. Brian Alvarez. It is uh, April, oh, excuse me, it's May 6th, 2006. Welcome to Rubber Guard Radio. I am your host, Zombie Matt. What's going on? Uh, this episode of Rubber Guard is brought to you by our sponsors, WrestleWarehouse.com. You need Lucha Libre masks, t-shirts, DVDs, uh, WWE swag, all kinds of other stuff. Uh, uh, WrestleWarehouse.com. Tell Jeff that uh, Mr. Zombie sent you and uh, he will take care of you. Also, our other sponsor would be SlamBamJam.com. Alfredo is the man as far as uh, current and classic lucha and Japanese pro wrestling. He's also got some really good best of comps. Um, his uh, Miracle Violence combination in, in All Japan is just a kick-ass seven-disc set. Uh, can't go wrong there. <clears throat> also, I have to throw props out to the mothership, Stevie J, and the rest of the boys over at AngryMarks.com. Angry Marks, doing it right. Uh, search iTunes for Angry Marks, and you can get any of our podcasts. Um, I have online my co-host, Mr. Joshi Rob. What's up, Rob? Hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? Chilling like a mad villain. And also, I have online from area code 909. I'm assuming that this is Kurt Brown. This is Kurt Brown. A.K.A. Vandal Drummond, A.K.A. Lucky Pierre, and all the other delusions that I inhabit. Yes, yes. Not quite Muda, but, you know, you tried. No, I tried. Hey, if I took all of my delusions and mixed them all together and added a good dose of talent, I still couldn't be Muda. I bow there to him. Is. I bow to Muda. The best I can do is sit here and prepare a nice hot cup of tea getting ready for the KZ show here. Hot cup of tea, sugar and milk in my tea, and Ricky Itaki. I'm sure you can remember what line that is from, from which Madness song. (laughs) I can't remember which song it is, but I know Ricky Itaki could know it off the top of his head. Madness, his all-time favorite group. There it is. I saw saw one of the AWA Classic shows last week on ESPN Classic, and they had Ricky, uh, it was Ricky Itaka. (laughs) <laughs> like okay, I guess he was then, going you know. through a, a identity crisis at that time. <laughs> like that the time they had a Pistol Pete listed, and it was actually Don Fargo. <laughs> oh, God, well you know. <laughs> oh, that was great. You could 
Because uh, they did close-ups, and you could see his Nazi tattoo. <laughs> yes, I remember that. Oh Lord, <laughs> the modern the modern age of uh, television. <laughs> well, we 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 could um we could talk about lucha, but there's absolutely nothing going on in Mexico. Exactly, it's quiet. We're having a very zen moment where everybody's just kind of uh you know more or less sitting in the lotus down there in Mexico and just observing nothing. Well, I I hope that the uh, the booking committee, Satanico and and whomever else. Um, and CMLL, they're they're trying to figure out, you know, how they're going to elevate, you know, some younger talent. Um, shit's getting stale in the uppercard. I hope they start the thinking about it. It's about time they oh. do. Oh, you know, it's pulling teeth with CMLL. This is you true. Know? I mean, I I almost think about resorting to something like, you know, a little bit of witchcraft or wickcraft. <laughs> I don't know. You know, resort to anything, praying. Uh, it, it, it makes that much of sense as hoping. There you go. Um, yeah, speaking of, speaking of Lucha, um, <clears throat> I was at a, a Fog City show up here in San Francisco this past Saturday afternoon, and, and they were supposed to – it was called Cinco de Mayhem, and they have – there's a local luchador called Chicano Flame who is mm-hmm. a solid fucking worker, and they were going to fly in Pentagon Black, and I, I – Called the called the owners of the company about a week before, and I said, "Hey, um, are you sure you're going to want to bring in Pentagon Black?" So they decided to cancel the booking. Now I feel oh, bad nice that the guy. Casey. Hey, well, you know, <laughs> I feel bad about getting the guy's booking canceled, but you know, motherfuckers got families and shit. So, but <laughs> yes. you know, I, I I did get to see Olafa, the Samoan tank, that big ass Samoan dude that that worked a couple tours for Zero One, take on the Necro Butcher. And they tore up the DNA lounge. It was insanity. How sweet. Um, I've I've never seen Necro live, but that was a that was a treat for me. You know, he he ended up damn near in my lap. <laughs> you know, because I was busy doing something else, and you know, he decided to uh, come around, and that was just insane. And it reminded me of of the old brawls that that happened at the Cap Palace in '84 with Blackwell and Brody, where they were just. If it wasn't nailed down, they'd hit each other. But it wasn't just to hit each other. They were telling a story, and there was a reason for the violence. Which reminds me of the old uh, Sheik and Abdullah the Butcher versus the Funks match in 77, I believe it was. It was the finals of the tag tourney in all Japan. And I see wrestlers spill a lot more blood these days, but it still doesn't look nearly as gory as that match. That match was like George Romero produced it. A lot of it was Terry Funk just so solidly selling like he was in you know dire pain, like he was you know in horror at his arm being carved up. It was you know it was it was fucking art. Yeah, that was a pretty good match. I mean, they they barely did any moves at all, but they. You know they had the crowd on their feet, and it was it was a good match. They told a great story in that, and yeah, I think they played it in twenty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> and Necro Butcher is one of those guys that I think is best seen live. There's something about seeing mm-hmm. him live as opposed to you know the numerous DVDs floating around of him. Yeah, he, the, the, he's a must see wrestler live. If no one yeah. has yet, you got to see that guy. Yeah. He reminds me a lot of Brody. He really does. 
He reminds me a lot of Bruiser Brody, just the way that he carries himself and the the way that that he moves around in the ring. Um, not not so much his work because when Brody needed to go out and give you thirty, he could go out and give you thirty. But you know, Necro's never going to be accused, you know, of being you know a, a Billy Billy Robinson disciple, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> He is what you, you know. It is what it is, and it's he's a guilty pleasure in small doses. Oh, exactly. If it if 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 it's getting your nuts off, it's working. You know, you can analyze things to death, but if it's making people stand up and pay attention, there's something right. Something's working. Now, for those <clears throat> those uh, those that are listening, we'll be taking calls for the entire two hours. Area code 347-215-7946. The first hour, we're going to have uh, Kurt Brown here hanging out with us. Um, And in the second hour, we'll be joined by the number one referee in Northern California, Mr. Sparky Ballard, as well as Juggalo Championship Wrestling referee, Mr. Kevin Gill. Um, So we'll get a couple uh, Juggalo downloads. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I don't give a fuck as long as you download it. I don't care. I mean, you you can you can listen to fucking Reba McIntyre for all I care. Actually, I'd love to have Reba sitting on my face, but oh, you know, that would be sweet. Yes, I'd love to have her <laughs> smack me around a little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a thing for redhead. That, I could just picture that sweet home and garden smile on her face as she's clad in leather, just ready to rip you into shreds. Just a sweet wow. vision. <laughs> Mm. Lucky Pierre, you sick fuck. Oh, God. Oh, oh, but it's a wonderful kind of sick. Everybody should attempt it. <laughs> oh, man. oh, forget all those divas Damn. with their collagen lips and something. You want to? You want somebody who looks like she could be your big sister or your mother who just takes you to pieces? You know? I mean, Damn. that's a real woman. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but you do, you do. You know pretty well. <laughs> we you are know, there's painting innocence here. You know, there's a reason we're on Wednesday nights. Now it's because my wife is gone. So <laughs> fail. That's yeah, right. My my wife is out teaching class on uh, Wednesday night. So <laughs> it's good to see that your wife has class. A lot but more I'm... than I do. I'll tell you that. She still loves me anyway. God knows why. Uh, now, um, I I have a question for you, Rob. How was that that uh, Evan Bourne TJ uh, okay Tyson Kid match live last night? You know, I thought it was going to be really awesome, but it was actually kind of disappointing because they must have spent at least a good five minutes on headlocks, and uh, they had another uh, like double. Uh, let me try to think. Double reverse ha- uh, hammer lock spot, and they, you know they wrestled like a lot of the match on the ground. Unfortunately, you know the parts they didn't were really good. Um, Evan even busted out a, a Mochizuki's triangle in Sagiri, so there was some really cool stuff. But there was just too much headlock and just you know just uh, too much of that. Unfortunately, it was kind of disappointing. Too much headlock, too much groundwork. <laughs> What, what the fuck is wrong with these kids nowadays? I don't know, no, no, no. Hear me out here. I, I mean, now come on. If you're going to go see, like, say, a Jack Evans match, and he does headlocks, aren't you going to be mad? Depends I mean, on the headlock. As, as, as long as I get to see the, the plum in the knees to the face, I don't have a problem. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind how they build it up. Now, now was that on ECW last night? <laughs> yeah. That was... I didn't watch it. 
KZ knows why. Mm-hmm. There was mm. no zombie. Yeah, well, I there was supposed waiting. to be a zombie on the. Sh- there was supposed to be a zombie on the show last week, but I decided to, uh, you know, go off and get hooked on the gimmicks. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I had to cancel. You know, a little detox. Not going to hurt anybody. <laughs> but hey, it's a shoot, brother. That's a shoot. good. That's I got nothing good. to hide. Now let's get back to Reba. Can't you just picture that, you know, red hair and that just, you know, that 40-something giving you that sweet smile and just looking, uh, asking the young man, are you 18 yet? And he says, no, ma'am. And she says, that'll be fine with me. (laughs) She slams him down to the kitchen floor. (laughs) Oh! Okay, this is not... (laughs) The uh, erotic asphyxiation effect. (laughs) (laughs) This is what would make America beautiful. (laughs) I, I don't know what to say to that, other than uh, well. Then you see. love it. Fail. And I know what you'll be dreaming of after this after this phone call is done. Actually, well, no, but <laughs> Re- uh, you, you know what's funny? Reba's actually on right now. Really? Is she going to yeah. be on the show? Now is that Kismet no. or what? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> God. So, Rob, were there any other uh, fine matches at the affair last night? There was a pretty good um, Jericho and Morrison match. That'll be on. Yeah. Uh, same And uh, same thing with, we also saw Jericho another time. They had Jericho versus, uh, I, I want to say Jeff Hardy, and that was pretty good, too. Or maybe that, Yeah, I think that was Jeff Hardy. That was, that was all right. You know, I mean, it really wasn't a bad night of wrestling. Just, you know, it's WWE Live. <laughs> I, I can't. You know, I, I I can only hear in one ear, and I'm not even sure I can do that right now after all those goofy fireworks. <laughs> fireworks? Yes. Yeah, well. A nice Cinco de Mayo celebration for you, yes? Oh, God. <laughs> I feel like there's a Cinco de Mayo in my head right now. <laughs> Let me guess. Hold air. A firecracker didn't go up, so your Hold friends air. went... Had you go up there and put your ear to it to see why it wasn't going off, and then how? <laughs> oh yeah, Jesus. God, Kurt, You're are you in a mood or what, brother? Oh, totally, totally. <laughs> have all Have you not gotten the... any in the last uh, two hours? What the hell? Yeah, that's right. All it takes is a cup of tea, and I'm I'm turbocharged. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I need to grab my bottle of Coke. There you go. She's the king. Can't keep up with you, Curtis. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, Z, you rock. Both you guys rock, I must say. So, well, let's uh, let's let's switch it up a bit. Let's uh, talk a little UFC. Um, Kurt, what what are your feelings of Forrest Griffin and Anderson Silva? Ah, uh, well, let's see. Neither of them are Clay Guida. <laughs> So I'm probably going to watch it with half an interest, you know. Uh, I would love to see Clay Guida do a run-in on that. Yeah, no shit, huh? Judging from uh, Anderson Silva's last match, I well, I don't know. <laughs> Anybody yeah. who might be able to take him out, I'm all for it. Well, they they wanted to sign him to fight someone that has arms that knows how to use them. <laughs> yes. And somebody who was not a, a tortoise in his past life, always falling on his back and not being able to get back up. That was a shitty fight, oh, man. Oh, my lord. 
I I don't think I've ever seen one that bad. And what blew my mind was hearing Joe Rogan trying to put it over as something great. You, you can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit. I'm sorry. That's exactly true. And but the what puzzled me was Joe Rogan usually speaks so intelligently on matters like this, and ah, he is just he just went way out left field on this one. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't understand why he wasn't just being honest and you know like he usually is. And they usually let him go, and you know he does, you know, pretty much, you know, says whatever he wants, and yeah, this one it's, it's me. a shame. This, this reminded me of like that old, uh, was it Ken Shamrock and Hoist Gracie, where they just kind of, you know, gawked at each oh, other. <laughs> I, I must be the only one who loves those fights. Like I, <laughs> I, I swear I could watch Hoist Gracie and like all their early UFCs, like. Right well, actually, that one with Ken Shamrock, I wouldn't have mind seeing if there was no time limit on it, you know, because right. I would have loved to see who who blinked first and got caught, you know. It's like they both seem scared to get caught by the other, so that was my only complaint was there was a time limit, but, you know, such is pay-per-view. Right. Yeah, I don't know why, but I can't, you know, I can't sit through draws and all that now, but I could sit through those, no problem. It's a weird thing. You need help. <laughs> in some ways, he's in the modern age. In some ways, he's living in yesterday. We've got to educate this young man, I do say. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have the patience. <laughs> I'm a dick. Call me what you will. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I don't have the patience. What can I say? I love the youth, but they drive me crazy sometimes. <laughs> Yes, I have to agree. Uh, well, speaking of the past, we can't go for too long without giving a shout-out to the spirit of Playboy Buddy Rose, mm. who I was really, really sad when I heard about his passing last week. When I moved up to Oregon back in 1980, that was the highlight of my week. And what was so funny was at that time I was getting uh, – after – spending a few years of watching the LaBelle promotion in Los Angeles, you know, kind of die a slow death. Uh, I went up to Oregon thinking, ah, you know, i got to check out some Oregon wrestling because, you know, I heard about how good it is. Uh, but I wasn't intending to get hooked. And it was Playboy Buddy Rose who had me coming back to the Lane County Fairgrounds in Eugene. This wasn't even the main town. This was not Portland. This was one of the smaller towns. And one thing I could say, no matter how shitty the rest of the card could be, and actually usually they weren't terrible cards. Northwest was a pretty solid promotion. You could always count on Playboy Buddy Rose delivering. These wouldn't be like nine or ten minute matches. He would, they would be anywhere from twenty to forty minutes, and he would be working the whole time. And he made it look easy. Very smooth worker. Didn't just sit there and rest for the whole night. And uh, <clears throat> I got outright nostalgic, which I usually don't do, just remembering how he so easily played the crowd like a fiddle. It, it's like it was like magic. Um, I mean, he is probably the longest enduring heel in the Pacific Northwest Territory. 
Uh, and then all the time, you know, the year that I lived up there, I kept on thinking, man, if he decided to split tomorrow, the territory would have nothing in the way of heels. Rip Oliver was not a bad heel, but nothing, you know, nobody to head the territory. <laughs> oh, God. can you imagine Rip Oliver as the head of the territory? Oh, no, no. And that's a funny thing. Well, when I got up there, Rose was absolutely the only main event quality heel they had, but that's all they needed. He, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I wish I could describe it. In fact, it's funny because I remember when Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer did the breaking uh, news on their podcast about Buddy Rose passing away, Brian Alvarez recalls asking Playboy Buddy Rose, explain to us ring psychology, and Rose just <laughs> said, oh, I don't know, I just kind of go in there and you know, kind of listen to the people, get a feel of what they want, and he says, I don't know how to explain it, or you know, something like that. And the funny thing is, that's probably true, but you wouldn't guess that going in there. It's like he had it down to an art. He knew exactly how to bring a crowd up into a rage, but pull them back right about when they were about to go too far. And it was great to see uh, wrestling in the Northwest back in the day. The fans were like something Salvador Dali couldn't paint. <laughs> yeah, those, the Portland tapes that are out there, man, that's the good shit. Oh, man, um, that was classic regional wrestling. Portland was one of the watched, greatest territories. Yeah? I actually got to watch a lot of that this weekend, to be honest. I was watching... Uh, uh, this was a little bit later with uh, Scotty the Body, and he was turning the Southern Rockers on each other. Now, that was good stuff. Oh, so that was like probably mid-80s, like 84 or something like that? Maybe. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure, to be honest. I just know, you know, I just know pretty much what I said. And Buddy Rose was actually – he was doing uh, – he had the Rose Garden. Oh, no, wait. Now, was, had he turned back heel at that point? Because he turned babyface for about a year. Yeah, he was heel. It was definitely Hill. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Portland was some classic professional wrestling. And, uh, you know, even though they had no really huge, you know, arenas and stuff like that, you know, all the towns, you know, were solid draws. And it was kind of like the last of the regional promotions, the really quality ones. Yeah, it was one of the last ones to die. I mean, the. Uh... The only other one that lasted that long was uh, down in Memphis. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, I don't know. The way they uh, they booked that territory, you know, they would never overkill anything. It's like people wouldn't be turning face and heel every couple of months. People would turn baby face or heel like every couple of years. You know, they made – you know, they would make a turn have an impact – I remember down here in L.A. it got to the point where they were turning people so swiftly that, oh, that guy's turning a heel. Well, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> oh, boy. But when Buddy Rose turned babyface in 1983, the pop that got was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the way you got to, you know, you got to do heel turns. You have to let them go slow over time. You can't just hot shot them like they're trying to turn John Morrison now actually face, but you, right. know, you have you have to let him sink in and you have to give him lots of time and make the fans want it. Yeah, you have to have the people get a taste for it before they, you know, bite in. You know, it's, it's one of those things that seems like a lost art. 
The only territory that seemed to really get away with being able to turn people heel and face back and forth is uh, Memphis. Is you know, man, heels and faces would change as frequently as pairs of socks. You know, but it seemed to be effective there. But it seemed if uh, it seemed like in a territory, if somebody was turned heel and then turned face the following year and then again the next year, it was usually a, usually a sign that the territory was hitting desperate times which was the case in Los Angeles frequently. Either that or the worker has come to a, come to his end. Yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> you know, and just the uh, the booker's management just doesn't, they don't see that he's stale. Yeah, they don't see that he's stale or, or the booker. In Los Angeles' case, one of the problems was a lot of the times they'd give the book to somebody like Chavo Guerrero, who was also, you know, pushing himself as a wrestler. And while he was a, an awesome worker... Uh, I mean, he pushed himself through the roof at one point, giving himself uh, all the championships in the territory, including the tag team championships. <laughs> well, you know, hey, at least it's Chavo. It could be worse. Oh, it, oh, you have no idea. No matter how good a worker it is, there were points where, where you would just be saying, just get this guy out of the territory. Do we have to see him again this week? And you know, even some of the fans were turning on him, just as they would Alberto Madrill, who's probably the most annoying heel in the Los Angeles territory. And Portland. I forgot. Yeah, he did work Portland. Texas. <laughs> Al Madrill worked Memphis. WCW. I don't remember that. Uh, no, no, Texas. Texas. I was going to say, I remember him doing world class, one of his few heel runs. You know, he was... I remember Alberto. He uh, he was working up here, you know, on and off because uh, sometimes some of the guys from down south would come up north. You know, they'd swap talent, and whatever. And he would be up here, and and he just he would be so upset with the with everything, just because of all the pop that Pepper Gomez got coming out. And it, it <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, San Francisco's Peppertown, brother. Okay, only one Mexican can kick ass in in San Francisco, and that's Pepper. Oh yeah, you got Pepper and he was over. <laughs> no shit. Over, I mean, over. Pepper, Pepper was on par with Ray Stevens being over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, Ray Stevens was a dick heel out here, but he still had the respect of the fans. Oh, totally. That's, you know, that's there aren't heels nowadays that, that, you know, sure they're booed, but they don't get the respect that comes along with, you know, being a great performer. You know, they're just yeah. There was a great mystique to them back then. I mean, there's 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 a lot of things I'll say about the kayfabe era, but there was there was a mystique about it that. Oh, how do I put it? You know, the heels the heels carried a certain mystique, as did the baby faces. You know, and and you know, I know it's just a different animal today. For the most part, I don't mind that the kayfabe era is dead. You know, it also made wrestlers very paranoid. Which, you know, every time I met Buddy Rose, he was you know real cordial and friendly. But there was this kayfabe paranoia, like, you know, he's looking at you like, like, what are you trying to figure out? What are you trying to find out about me? What do you know about the business? He wouldn't say that, but he gives you this. He'd give you this look like, 
he thought you were up to something. And, you know, he'd, he'd give that look to a lot of people. And I just thought, man, what a way to have to go through your daily life. <laughs> now, Curious, I sent you a wacky DVD set. Did you get a chance to watch any of the matches? I finally, I finally, thanks to you, I finally watched uh, some Ring of Honor. I am finally very slowly coming out of the Stone Age and drinking much. in the sun of modern pro wrestling. So I saw that first episode. Mm-hmm. I dig that Jimmy Jacobs cat. Yep, he's good. Yeah. It, uh, I enjoyed the show in that. The first thing I expected is I was expecting really long, drawn-out matches with beautiful high spots that went on just forever. But I enjoyed that the matches, you know, didn't lag, didn't, you know, go on forever. That was sweet. Uh, about the only real heavy criticism is too many of the wrestlers look similar to one another. They all have this pseudo-goth look. <laughs> um, but Jimmy That's Jacobs, I thought, stood out from all of them. I mean, he has a real presence all his own. Yeah, I I've given up on the ROH TV. It's um, I I don't understand what purpose it serves. Yeah, for I mean, t- yeah, for TV, it's killing the crowds, it's killing the DVD sales, and mm-hmm. no one's watching it, so it's. Yeah, it's a real trifecta. It's not doing anything. It's, well, one yeah. point that I think Dave Meltzer said is it's not a bad show, but it you don't want to tune into next week's episode. There's nothing right. that grabs you. There's no story. And I don't think anyone can tune in anyway. You know, I mean, from what <laughs> I have heard, everybody watches it online. And I, I know this is going to sound like a smart-ass thing to say, but... I see so I've, I've seen just so much footage of great workers who do great high spots, and um, they all blend in with one another. Whether it's here on the West Coast or on the East Coast, it's like there's nothing unique out there right now on the indie scene. And that's not saying oh, no. that they don't have talent; they're immensely talented. But sometimes I feel like I'm watching the same product, and I'm sure the Hardcore fans, their cult following, you know, can point out the intricacies and say what's special about it. But I think you're trying to draw people like me who are more casual fans if you want to get people shelling out dough to see it. Hmm. Okay, we have uh, have, uh, in some Lucha news, uh, courtesy of the Wrestling Observer uh, that came out today. Um, The – my Spanish is horrible, but the – the, the federal district of the Box and Lucha Commission, um, they've, it looks like they will be officially suspending Silver King for wearing his mask and Conan and Jack Evans for punking out Juventud Guerrera. So it looks no like uh, looks like none of them are going to be able to work Triple Mania. Yeah, I'll, I'll believe that when I see it. Like, I mean, not, not that I think it won't happen, but you know, there's no way they're going to. Something's they're going to have to do something. I mean. You know, I mean, you know, I'm hoping they out. I mean, I mean, yeah, I'm not. I mean, I say no way, but at the same time, I'm not thoroughly shocked. The commission can do some funky stuff like that. They can be pretty strict, but uh, nah, they've they've got to work around it. And what mm. the hell? Why do people keep hiring Juventud Guerrera? 
Didn't people he's realize he was nuts years ago? <laughs> it's like, he's a good worker, though. I mean, you, you got to give him that. No. That doesn't matter. He's nuts. He, he gives nuts. good head. <laughs> yeah, so, he does. I mean, I mean, I heard he does. Yeah. That's. A, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't care how good a worker somebody is. Somebody is, you know, going to cause that much trouble. You can find a lot of good work. You know, a lot of people who could probably work as well as Hoovy and are probably a lot more hungry to, you know, get a spot in the biz. Well, you know, it, yeah. all the talent in the world, if you don't have anything between your ears, you know, you're fucked. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, the more I hear about Hoovy, I say put up a website called com, and you can probably put a daily listing of what he's done, you know, just have somebody follow him around day to day, and I, I bet you... I mean, look at what he does just in the wrestling industry alone. What's his everyday life like? <laughs> oh, my God. You know, that would make a great reality show, wouldn't it? That he would. to hook up with the Iron Sheik. Those oh, two that would be sweet. Oh God. Yeah, have them room together, you know. <laughs> oh, could you imagine the debates between those two? Oh, God. Actually, um... We're going to uh, take a quick little break. Um, I'm going to play a clip from one of my favorite R video shoot interviews. So we're, this will be just a few seconds, so bear with me, guys. That's right. Wild Rich, Tommy Fire, Tracy, you bigger jabroni, FBI, a full blood Iranian. Is that Rich? Someone's tea is ready. Yep, going on my second cup. I'm not energized <laughs> enough yet. I'm getting a little... Wildfire Tommy... <laughs> Tommy Fire Wild Rich... <laughs> God, I love Axel Rotten. That's the 1997 <laughs> R video shoot interview with Axel Rotten. The whole thing, it's just, uh, uh, you can fucking make drops from the whole damn thing. Um, you know, when he talks about the people that, you know, that, that influenced him, you know, Dusty Rhodes, obviously, and then um, superstar Billy Graham, who he goes on to call the innovator of steroids. Speaking My up. favorite story is, though, not when Superstar Graham took steroids, but when Dr. Jerry Graham took steroids. <laughs> God. <laughs> this, is a true, this is a true story. Oh, God. At the time, Doc was uh, uh, sharing a, a house with a power lifter who was uh, on some heavy juice. And so I was talking to the doc on the phone one day, and he's uh, telling me about the wonders of steroids. And he didn't tell me he was taking them, but, you know, I, this was like 1983, and I'm saying, like, God, doc, I, I heard, you know, you shouldn't be messing with those. I heard they can be bad for you, all that, you know. And he's saying, ah, oh, that's just a bunch of hype, Kirk, just a bunch of media hype. It's, you know, you know they're, uh, they're all, you know, wonder drug and all this. And then I had another friend who was on the juice trying to get in the biz. And the doc's talking to him, and he's saying, hey, Charlie, you're like, what the hell? I've been on this juice for, like, 
like, you know, almost a month and nothing. I, I'm not gaining any muscle, nothing. And my friend says, well, Doc, what kind of a workout are you doing? And you hear this pause. And Doc goes, <laughs> what, 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 work out? Work out? Wait, what's this shit about working out? <laughs> Fail. Yeah, he says, he says, well, Doc, you should be pumping some iron if you're taking that, those stuff. And he goes, oh, so they're a bunch of shit, huh? He goes, no, no, Doc, they work, but you've got to be, like, pumping some serious iron. Oh, what a bunch of crap. I've been, I've been wasting my money on snake oil. This is a bunch of shit. <laughs> and then the next week I'm talking on the phone to him, and he's saying, ah, Kirk, don't ever use those steroids. They're, they, you know, they'll, they'll ruin your health. <laughs> Well, this is not about Curly taking steroids. This is making me <laughs> <laughs> only the doc. Only the doc. God oh, wow. bless him. <clears throat> well, um, Rob, you mentioned that um, ECW's jo- or SmackDown's John Morrison is they're turning in babyface. Um, do you yep. think it'll work? Uh, the way they're pushing it, no, but. Um, if they give it a chance, there's. I think he probably has more potential than anybody else because, I, I mean, he is so good in the air. You know, he could do all the different flips, and you know, he's got a cool look to him and a lot of uh, different things to him. I think he could work. You know, he's some character. He's got a look. You know, no question. And um, you know, he's pro- he's not uh he's not gay enough for the guys to hate him. But he's gay. <laughs> but <laughs> he's like probably good looking enough for the women to like him. So, uh, you know, if they would really get serious about it and build to it more, I think it could work out. Yeah, I mean, he's pretty much the complete package, maybe minus the promos. But can't you just picture an episode of Reba where both her daughters have left the house, and that guy who plays her son-in-law has his head turned. She sucker punches him. She starts strangling him with one of her husband's ties. And starts just taking some foreign object and just sodomizes him with it and says, Young man, young man, do you want me you want me more than your wife now? And he's saying, Yes, mother, yes, mother. Fail. Nope, it's a success. <laughs> because God. then she turns him down and she rides him right out of town, just just over and over again until he just gets this whole euphoric glaze. And they start going to this beautiful hallucinogenic rant that uh, all the viewers can just taste and see. And all those, you know, people in the South who just always embraced Reba as just good, wholesome country can finally wake up and get a sexual identity, for God's sake. <laughs> we have officially gone off the deep end. Um, RubberGuard Radio and AngryMarks.com do not, I repeat, do not... We do not believe in any of the remarks that Mr. Kurt Brown is making. Kurt is responsible for his yes. own comments. Rubber Guard Radio Please. and Angry Marks does not, but Kid Zombie does. Damn right. He dreams of these things night after night. <laughs> this is America, baby. Oh, no. We need a Dusty Rhodes promo. <sighs> <laughs> Dusty, come on. Where's Dusty? Uh, <laughs> all right, go ahead, Rob. I know you can do Dusty. Well, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at least we need Dan Aaron on the line. Does Dan do a good Dusty? Dan does a beautiful du- Dusty. 
Dan does a great well, Dusty, and he does the best Johnny Legend impersonation I've ever heard, too. <laughs> awesome. Uh, my dream is for someone to make a Dusty Rhodes soundboard. We have Iron Sheik ones. we got Hogan ones. We need a Dusty Rhodes soundboard. That that would be the greatest thing ever. That would be great. And a Stalker Ichikawa. Ah, Stalker rules. He does. The god of pro wrestling. He is awesome. I could watch Stalker matches all fucking day long. Oh, he's he is brilliant. I know I went up to FEMA, one of the pro wrestling guerrilla shows. They had these whole compilations of uh, Dragon Gate matches. And I asked them if they had a Stalker Ichikawa compilation. And they started laughing. And I said, no, I, I really want to buy one. <laughs> they just they didn't get it. Well, well, you know, it would only last about one hour to watch. You know? Yeah, but it would be worth so much, man. I'd rather pay thirty nine ninety nine for that. <laughs> well, you see Stalker get killed by Necro Butcher. You see him get killed by Yuji Nagata. You know, Kensuke, you know, Kensuke no, killed I, I saw the greatest Stalker match ever. There's no question. I, I saw Stalker versus Evason, both as Stan Hansen, Wrestling each other. There's nothing that's going to top that. Ebison is as Stan Hansen is gold. And that yes. is classic. Rolling <laughs> <laughs> Stan Hansen in person. <laughs> oh man, it. that would be the biggest Lucky. honor if I if if Lucky Pierre. I would love to be the first person in history to put Stalker Ichikawa over. <laughs> I would be so proud. <laughs> Oh, you know what? If Rubber Guard Radio ever runs a show, I'm going to have to fly in Stalker just oh, for you to put him over. I would be there. I would hop in my car and just, just, I wouldn't stop for traffic lights, nothing. I'd be right up there ready to job for that guy. He put over every, I, I love, he he was on a show uh, here a couple of months ago where he uh, put over uh, the promoter's cat. <laughs> what? Yeah, uh, Bart Kapitsky. His cat roams the grounds, and Stalker mm-hmm. uh, Ichikawa was doing jobs to the various wrestlers, and he uh, wrestled the owner's cat and laid down for him. <laughs> oh, God. And I thought, this guy's great. <laughs> this guy, you don't get more class than Stalker Ichikawa. Well, he doesn't take himself too seriously, obviously. Now, does he, uh, now how does that compare to the recent Joshi girl who just jobbed to a poster? Ooh. Who did what to a poster? <laughs> she jobbed to a poster for the the DDT Iron Man title. It, it has a habit of uh, inanimate objects and whatnot. Uh, you're 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 not going to believe me, but that is actually old school. A lot of people <laughs> didn't believe me when I told them about this angle in 1977. You know, we remember the greatness of Roddy Piper, and he was always great. He was never lacking in talent. But some of the stuff the LaBelle promotion had him do in Los Angeles. One was to have him referee a match between a wrestler here named Alex K.O. Perez, who had a boxing gimmick. Mm-hmm. And he boxed a poster of Andre the Giant. And this was complete with a ring introduction. And this was 1977, you know, back when wrestling was wrestling. And he knocked out the poster of Andre the Giant. And the ring announcer announced him as the winner, as if it was a real match. That was the same year they had Roddy Piper do the hypnotism gimmick. 
Oh, you got to tell me about this one. I, oh, I, I oh, this was hysterical. Uh, he was managing uh, Keith Franks before he became Adrian Adonis, and they do a gimmick where uh, Keith Franks is getting his butt kicked, and Piper runs up to the ring when the referee isn't looking, pulls out a watch, and starts swinging it in front of uh, Franks' eyes, and then Franks walks like a Frankenstein monster and defeats his opponent. Wow. <laughs> and the year before, they had Lars Anderson as the bionic wrestler who had an arm that was computerized. <laughs> <laughs> they came up with some brilliant stuff. <laughs> it would have been brilliant if they weren't trying to tell the fran- uh, fans that this was all legit. Wow. I mean, when they had the monster which was uh, Tony Hernandez in the Frankenstein suit, they actually were trying to tell fans in the lobby that he was actually built in the laboratory. And they wondered why the territory died. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> no doubt. But, you know, that's that's that wrestle crap for you. You know, it. now everybody takes themselves too seriously with the this exception of... Uh, the exception of... My guilty pleasure in in uh, DVR land, Mr. Santino Morella. He uh, he's uh, the exception to the rule. He is so awesome. But uh, that dude is just awesome, and I'm glad that they turned him baby. It was bound to happen. How long can you really? Uh, I mean, it worked beautifully for a long time, but yeah, now it's time to get him on the other side. And you know I have no uh, uh, I have no objection to bionic wrestlers and monsters, but you know make the whole promotion psychedelic. <laughs> hey, do, uh, Look up here. Yeah, just, the, just uh, as the world should be psychedelic, reality is so overrated. Do the Argentinian style wrestling. I'm sorry. Do the Argentinian style. Yes, wrestling. exactly. That's what I. Uh, those were my favorite TV memories when I was a kid. La momia. La momia. <laughs> I was um I was was in a was in a recent National Geographic where they were talking about Bolivian luchadores. No way. Yeah, and the name of the promotion is Titanus del Ring. Actually, I believe that because uh almost every South American country mm-hmm. has done a spin-off on Titanus and del Ring. There's been Titanes del Ring, uh, Colossos del Ring. Uh, there's been a hundred of them. And there's one currently called Guerreros del Ring where they're actually using the old Titanes del Ring theme songs and are uh, um, recycling the old characters from the 70s, from their golden age. Awesome. I wish. Awesome. I wish that some of those tapes from the early 70s still survived because – that was some of the most brilliant wrestling TV I've ever seen in my life. Stuff from the late 70s and early 80s, uh, you can still find on YouTube. But the early 70s was was their peak. I mean, that was when you know they were in their creative zone. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to take another break. I'm going to play a quick little song. Frank A. Gotch, Lou says. Farmer Burns. And now, Matt Classic. Classically trained in the catch-as-catch-can method of the Matt Sport. 
sculpted from Mount Olympus like a Grecian god with the hook and shoot method of freestyle and Greco-Roman wrestling. His full body slam and deadly judo chop don't even scratch the surface of his wrestling repertoire. Beware of him. He will make you his human pretzel. He's here to put on a veritable wrestling clinic. Yes, America, do not adjust your viewing screen. He truly is a math lesson. Now that was the only, oh well, not the only, but one of the few highlights of WSX for me. Um, <laughs> one of the many Matt me. Classic. <laughs> now, again, I'm in the Stone Age. What was that clip from? <laughs> uh, Go ahead, Rob Littimer. Uh, that's from WSX. It was. You, you actually might like this. It was. Wait, is this that red most... delicious stuff that's all over YouTube right now? No, 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 not no. That it's, garbage. Oh God! It's like, male, it, it's it's like the male version only with insane high flyers and like 100 mile uh, wrestling and rappers. It, oh it was awesome. Lord! In my mind, one anyway. season. One season on MTV. Yeah, yeah. Hey, look, okay, look, now I know what you're talking about. That, I hell. was very happy when they came around because some of my buddies were getting some work. <laughs> there you go. Some very good, some very good young men. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's official out there in internet land. We're all high. No, I'm sober, brother. I got 11 days. I don't mean high on sativa. I don't mean we're on drugs. I mean we are drugs, to quote Salvador Dali. Philosophy. I love it. Yes, it's like I it's like I said in the last episode I was on. I mean, I dropped acid once. Bullshit. It can't show me anything that I haven't already seen. <laughs> Reality is overrated, but drugs are not the way to find that, you know, that unrealistic bliss that we also need. Forget politics. Forget philosophy. Take a bump. You'll feel take it. Take a bump. Yeah. <laughs> take a bump for Buddha. Take a bump for Jesus. Take a bump for Reba. <laughs> I bump for. I'd feed for her, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, yeah, we're I'm coming toward a good zone. We're coming all toward this general euphoria, a place that could eventually be the nirvana that everybody else only dreams of. There is See, an we're, afterlife we're, that is like being in a space-age bachelor pad up in the Hollywood Hills where you look upon city lights all night and listen to really groovy songs like Telstar and Pipeline. You need to write a book. Actually, no. You need to write a screenplay. That sounds like fun, actually. I write a screenplay. I've it, but I guess I could. Sure. Why not? KZ, what you've got to be my editor. You'll have to be my editor. Oh, God, no. <laughs> well, we'll send it to Scott Keith. I mean, he edits The Observer, so... Yes. I think it was that, that dumbass film director, John Luke Godard, who said, every edit is a lie. Now, if that's the case... I want to be the biggest liar around, because have you seen people who don't edit their shit? Oh, my Lord. That's why I write two-paragraph articles. See, and that's brilliance. That's right. 
That's all it really, took. I'd rather you spend an hour took. writing two paragraphs no, than ten, 10 minutes, minutes writing five paragraphs. <laughs> oh, boy. That's why I'm not in the newsletter business, I'll tell you. It's so true. It's so true. Young men, have you have you seen the brilliance of directors like Herschel Gordon Lewis, of Doris Wishman? That's directed to you, Robert. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with no. But... Oh, you need to be indoctrinated, young man. I got I have to have Johnny Legend call you. We got to get that guy on the show. Oh, Johnny. Oh, you would love having Johnny on the show. All you would have to do is say, hello, Johnny, and he'll keep going for the next hour without a pause. Well, here's Johnny. Oh, that would be great. He wouldn't need an Ed <laughs> McMahon. He'd just need a pantomime to sit there next to him and nod. He wouldn't need the obligatory Ed McMahon. Yes! He could just nod. Isn't that true? Isn't that right, Ripley? Oh, yeah. Ripley! My cat's not talking to me. Unbelievable. Your cat's well, talking to you? Is that your cat? You really named your cat Ripley? Yes. You rule, dude. Fucking Alien was the greatest movie ever. That's what it was after, exactly. <laughs> there it Pussy's is. Pussy's Fearless, and the other cat is Kolchak, after the Darren McGavin character from the 70s. Hmm. There we now, go. She's talking now, to me now. <clears throat> now, Kurt, you're wacky. You're out there like I am. Tell me. I think, what are your, I think, honest, your yeah. honest feelings on the work of Hunter S. Thompson? Uh, I love Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. The other stuff didn't grab me as much. And I wanted to like it after reading Fear and Loathing. I thought he was an interesting character, though I don't think I would uh, have him over to dinner. Yeah, no shit. I wouldn't let that guy win near my wife. Oh, totally, totally. And if he treated any of my cats the way he treated that bird of his, I would have taken one of his guns and blown his brains out. It would have sprayed all over my window. There you go. And I would have killed saw... the brain first, so he could never come back as a zombie. Hey, now. <laughs> I've, but he's uh, a fascinating ago, character. Can't deny it. A couple uh, months ago, I, I saw a documentary on him, on his life, where they actually I saw that had too. him in it. Yes, it that ruled. That was a great documentary. It had a whole different, you know, whole different outlook on on him and his work, and you know, it was more than you know, just popping acid and you know, fucking around. You know, the guy. Yeah, that the, uh, that documentary really showed him as like a three dimensional character, just not just. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a nut job, but he just wasn't this like wayward nut job. I mean. You know, love him or hate him, he was a very clever, very, very intelligent guy. Had things really thought out. Yeah, I I have to agree. He was just on a whole different plane, and you know there there isn't journalism like that anymore. Oh, there is raw, and you know, people are so afraid to you know think and feel, and you know putting it down on paper and or, you know, type it, you know, whatever the fuck you want to call it. It's very but, true. You know. And if they do, they really want to homogenize it to the point where it loses its original meaning. I think there's a people with a lot of really good fertile thoughts, but they never let them out. There it is. There it is. Well, on that note, 
um, since we're we're talking about wacky writing, see, it's called the mm-hmm. Segway, motherfuckers. Yeah. It's called the Segway. That's being professional. I don't need an iron sheet drop to say professional. That's right. Now, because KZ knows how to make that left turn and make another left turn. That's right. Now, plug the site. Let everybody know where they can uh, where they can read the uh, the <clears throat> humble humble rumblings of Mr. Kurt Brown. My site is www.standtheembryo.com. Go on there, and you'll see the most shallow literature you will ever read. So shallow, you will see that it is God talking to you. God is a very shallow individual, but she's a brilliant individual. She is as blissful as Annie Sprinkle. Fail. No, genius. Annie Sprinkle is much wiser than God. But God has <laughs> compassion, and the best things I write on there are very shallow, but actually they're not very compassionate, so I guess I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> so I guess you my faith is not very religious. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but it is euphoric. You may not hear God talking, but you will see God if you keep reading it. If you look at the picture of El Loco Cardenal on my site... You will see God through his eyes. There are a lot of reasons to go to my site. And I get get over 99 comments a day on my articles. Of course, they're from gambling and porn sites, uh, and all they're doing is asking you to, you know, go visit their site. So I cancel most of them, but still, I can pretend to brag. Oh, boy. But well, I really think that if you if, – I think if you really read my crap and read it carefully, I hope that it can just inspire one soul. Not save one soul, but inspire one soul. Go tremendous. there. Embrace it. Well, Kurt, thanks for coming on the uh, Rebel Guard Radio Good Ship Lollipop. We'll, uh, we'll have you on again in another month. Thank you, and Hopefully thank you for we'll... having me on. It was great talking to you guys again. Always a pleasure, brother. Uh, what's that? We need to have Kurt on every week. <laughs> oh, bless you. Yeah. Oh, that means everything to me. <laughs> well, you, you know, Kurt, Kurt does draw money, but, you know, we, we can't, you know, his head and will I get too big. Money. There it is. All right, brothers. Well, uh, I'm going to knock you off the air. I have my guests for the second hour on the line. So, Kurt, it's always a pleasure speaking with you, and I will be talking to you very soon. Thank you so much, Casey. You take care, Rob. You too, man. Alrighty, brother. Bye. <clears throat> well, <laughs> Lucky Pierre. What more can I say? Vandal Drummond. What more can I say? Oh my God, he's he's completely different. Um, that's all I can say. Is completely different. But that's there's nothing wrong with that. And uh, call it from the four and five. Whom am I speaking with? Hey, this is senior official Kevin Gill shouting out Rubber Video up in this biatch. Oh no, it's a fucking juggalo! Oh my god. It's true. Actually, you know what? Multifaceted man. You know what's trippy, brother? Um, Before before, uh, Fog City show this past Saturday, I was was breaking bread next door with Lester the Legend of the Scum. You know, know, we were talking and, um, you know, and we were like, uh, last week they brought in. uh, Corp, and then this week they brought in Necro, and and um, <clears throat> he's all, 
How many juggalos do you think they'll draw? I, sa- I said, I have no idea. But I counted one. And you found him. He was in the red beanie with, with the hatchet man on it. You found him at the bar. Nice. Yeah. We've had, uh, so, there's, there's been a bunch of juggalos at the, the, I don't know about this past Saturday show, but in, in the past, there's always like a, a good little pocket of them. So why, why hasn't JCW come out here? Oh, that's a good question. They've run, uh, they've run in the state of California uh, a couple times. They just haven't been up uh, this far up north, but uh, you never know. With Obi Mania three just around the corner this uh, this July at the gathering of the Juggalos, you never know. Uh, the Slam TV national tour occurred as a setup for Bloody Mania in the past, and who knows mm-hmm. if it's going to happen again. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'd like to welcome to the show. Uh, no offense, Kevin, but the number one referee in Northern California, Mr. Sparky Ballard. Sparky, you and your ponytail, welcome to Rubber Guard Radio. <laughs> Thanks a lot, KZ. What's going on, brother? Oh, nothing much. What? I'm off. <clears throat> we're just uh, we're just we're just discussing the lack of Juggalo uh, uh, appearances for Fog City. I don't think that they're pushing it hard enough. Well, to be yeah, fair, I, mean, I wouldn't classify. Ne- I think Necro Butcher uh, Necro Butcher has a long and successful career uh, in addition to his work in JCW and and Corp. Mm-hmm. Someone who's rust. You know what I mean? I, I don't those guys. Mm-hmm. Talented workers in their own rights. I want no sour, motherfucker. <laughs> Can you get a visa? I have a visa. Would it work? Well, I don't mean a visa car. I mean like a working oh. visa. I, it's sometimes with the international people, like I heard you guys talking about Hoovy before, and believe it or not, people do want to book Hoovy, and the dude doesn't have a visa to come into the country. Who wants to book that guy? People do. Like I forget which. I know one of you guys was against it, and one of <laughs> excuse me, one of you guys was for it. But um, you know, as a name and for his exposure on TV and his in ring work, etc. Dude is crazy. I mean, there's no doubt. I'd like to see just how crazy. You know what I mean? He's gonna go. That's a good point. Now, um, I was looking at uh the pro wrestling uh. Pro Wrestling Revolution dot com website, and uh, on the thirtieth in Milpitas, they're bringing in Super Crazy. Um, that's going to be fun stuff. Uh, Super Crazy is always fun to watch. Um, now, with both of you referees for Fog City specifically, um, what uh, non-infected Mexicans would you guys like to see come into a Fog City ring? Hey, Sparky, you've been voted the number one referee of 2008. Why don't you send your ponytail, set it off with your first Mexican pick? Well, for Wrestling Revolution, I've already got the pleasure of working with uh, Blue Demon Jr., which was a, was a treat. He was a real easy guy to work with. Um, let's see. As far as the Lucha... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a, I like watching the AAA uh, <clears throat> Lucha Wrestling Kind of like that big guy, Cybernetico. That guy really always kicks some good ass all the time. Um, yeah, I don't know. Gabe's really good at getting a lot of those guys, and same thing with Dom, too. They're, they're really tapped into who's hot over there. I'm not I'm not too too keen on who's really the big guys down in Mexico, to be honest with you. El fucking dandy. <laughs> 
What's the classic Bret Hart quote involving uh, El Dandy? <laughs> I don't remember. Rob, do you remember offhand? Who are you to doubt El Dandy? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well said. <laughs> <laughs> To answer your question, KZ, I think uh, I, I agree with Sparky. Cibernetico is a great pick. Uh, Vampiro as well. Uh, there's so many guys down there. I mean, the, pretty much almost anyone from, from AAA would, would be awesome to, to see up here. I'd like to see Jack and Teddy. Hell yeah. Their thing with, uh, with uh, Rick and uh, MPT, I think, would be would be really fun stuff. No, I think you're yeah, definitely I got to right see on Jack. that. I, I got to see Jack Evans work for the first time uh, with my own eyes at the, when AAA came to San Jose a few weeks back. And, uh, yeah, he was like the star of the show. Yeah, yeah we, had Teddy really come to the, we, had, we had we had Teddy Hart come to the uh, APW gym, <clears throat> I think it was at the end of uh, 2007. And he was a really cool guy. And, man, they got, a, they got a lot of good heat. It was when, like, they did some epic uh, invasion on a – Right. APW and they brought with Gary App and all them and that was a good times. That was an epic fail. I'm sorry. Anything <laughs> to do with Gary App is a fucking joke. But <clears throat> you know that's neither here nor there. Um, now I once brought twenty. I, as a note of trivia, I know you guys like trivia. I once brought twenty-five paying customers uh, nearly an hour out of their way to attend a Gary App show in Los Angeles, in Los Angeles, California, or Greater Los Angeles, California, and the show was canceled day of because they never put a deposit on the, the venue. Oh, well, man. there you go. That's that's Gary App for you. There you go. Now, since uh, this is a a, a heavy heavy uh, San Francisco Bay Area-based show, at least in the second hour. Um, if you ain't busy on Saturday, come out to Newark, at the Newark Pavilion, um, btwrestling.com. Uh, there'll be a fan fest all day. Shitload of people uh, set to do autographs and photos. From, uh, and... From, from Rob Van Dam to Bill Alfonso to Bret Hart, the mm-hmm. shit is back. There it is. And also, KZ will be in the house. I will be at the WrestleWarehouse.com booth, and I will be sitting with both Ballard brothers who will be signing their shoot interviews. So uh, come by, say what's up, buy some shit, and give me money. So, so now, what you mean? What you mean to say two of the Ballard brothers are going to be there? Yes, sir. The two of them. So Sparky's not going to be there. Well, <laughs> no, their, 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 their cousin will be there too. Okay, fair well, Spar- Sparky didn't sit in on the shoot, so you know. Next, next shoot. Next you know, family shoot. support. You know, especially in these trying economic times and stuff. You get family. You know, what do you have left at the end of the day? It's about family, guys. <laughs> true. Now, uh, Mr. Gill, you you brought up Bloody Mania. Um, yeah. I really loved last year's show. Um, what was your favorite match on that show? On Bloody Mania last year, jeez. Uh, uh, well, okay, I have two. I have a match and a, and a segment. Uh, my favorite segment was the, the Roddy Piper segment, the Piper's Pit with uh, Scott Demore. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- that was super enjoyable. And uh, for matches, man, uh, I'm torn between the um, the Hall and Nash uh, match and the uh, Corporal Robinson versus uh, uh, Raven in the latter match. Mm-hmm. So what uh you? do you guys have a do you guys have a set date for uh this year's Bloody Mania? 
Yeah. Uh, bear with me one sec. I can tell you. It's uh, coming up this July. It's in uh, it's in Cave-In Rock, Illinois, which is uh, a destination unto, unto itself. But uh, you'll, you'll, it'll be you and about 10,000 of your closest friends, which is always uh, always a good time. You get some great music and uh, some insane wrestling. You know what I mean? They never disappoint. And uh, it's August 6th through the 9th uh, in Cave-In Rock, Illinois. And for more information, you can go to JuggaloGathering.com. But you'll see all the stars of JCW and a lot of international stars. You know, in past years, it's been Hall & Nash, The Great Muda, Terry Funk, uh, Jerry the King Lawler, uh, I can go on and on. You know what I mean? It's just a great, Ultimo great, great Dragon. Uh, Absolutely. The Head Shrinkers. Oh, the Head you know, Shrinkers. Uh, the Basham, Tito Santana, Brutus Beefcake, Greg Valentine, Pogo the Clown. My boys. My boys, the Tomasellis, who are always Absolutely. fun to uh, watch. <clears throat> Those guys don't get enough love, but I always try to put them over as, as often as I can. Um and uh, I, I would back you up on that. I, I, I've got to, to ref a lot of uh, Tomaselli's matches and uh, the, the all three of them. And just great guys and super, super talented workers, super over. And they, they just go out there and, and go hard and, and really put it down every time. I, I was blown away with their stuff. Um, I, I first got exposed to them in person through JCW. Well, <clears throat> the, it, it, comes, it comes from their training and their upbringing. So, you know, they were they were taught by Michael Modest and Mike does shit right. And the Tomasellis do shit right and they passed it on. They have their own school, eliteprowrestling.com, cheap plug. Uh, always got to put them over if you're anywhere in the Chicagoland area and you want to get trained, go see the Tomasellis, they'll take care of you. Uh, eliteprowrestling.com. Um <clears throat> got to love the cheap plugs, but you know, they are my boys. No, absolutely. But if you want to put over the, the Tomasellis a little more, I can tell you that they are going to be wrestling in the great state of Arizona uh, in just a couple of weeks. Uh, also for JCW, they're, they're going to be defending the JCW titles in uh, Phoenix, Arizona on uh, mm-hmm. Saturday, May 23rd. Oh, awesome. Just as an added, uh, added Tomaselli shout-out. Awesome. Awesome. That's good to see the boys are, work, are getting work. Now we got to get you guys out here so that uh, the Thomas Sellies can come home. Um, just uh, why, why, why haven't you guys been able to get out here? Just haven't been able to get a building or? Oh, sorry. Well, I mean, to be fair, you know what I mean. Like, uh, I, I work with JCW. You know what I mean. But they're uh, like the the routing of their tours and things like that. You know what I mean. That that mm-hmm. goes through the booking agency and stuff. So sometimes it just depends, I guess, on what markets are hot, what places have a building. You know, when you think about it, San Francisco doesn't have uh, a lot of the... If you go to venues all over the country, like San Francisco is pretty scarce on venues that uh, a lot mm-hmm. of other cities have, like five kind of comparable venues. So right. um, it just I think it just varies, you know what I mean? Uh, but I, mm-hmm. I've been with them through... Uh, you know, it is odd because, yeah, the Bay Area is a hotbed and all that, but... Um, sometimes I find certain bands just will skip over San Francisco too. They'll do LA and they'll do Vancouver or Portland or something. And it's like, Oh, cool. Yeah. It's, it's kind of odd. Um, but uh, I think, uh, I know a pretty good building for it, uh, here in town, uh, that would be perfect probably for them. So, 
who knows? You know what I mean? If, if they're uh, if they're doing their routing, I will certainly uh, certainly propose it to uh, Corporal Robinson and Jay and the guys. Tremendous, tremendous. Well, now we're gonna we're gonna switch gears. Uh, we're gonna start talking about careers. Um, now, Sparky, uh, yeah. as as far as being an official, what is the most favorite match that you have ever been in the ring with, referee? Oh wow. I'm I'm, I put you on the spot. To, yeah, I'm I'm getting close to 300, so it's you know it's going to be kind of hard to pick. I think the one that probably stands out the most in my mind as being like uh, really uh, outstanding and important was uh, Old School Oliver John versus Blue Demon Jr. at King City when we did the Revolution show down there. That one was uh, pretty special for me. It was the main event. We did a whole big swerve where we made the crowd think that uh, Blue Demon Jr. won the belt, but uh, Tom Caster seeing him uh, hit old school with the chair. Why I had accidentally got knocked out, and he was checking on me. I slid in for the one, two, three, and then me and Tom Caster were arguing about it, and they took the belt back, and then the crowd was went from hot to just being <clears throat> really hot <laughs> about uh, <laughs> him him not winning it. But it, yeah, it was good. I, I I love doing those type of swerve matches where you get the fans to think it's going one way, and then boom, just pull up the carpet right out from under their feet and give it to them the opposite way that they thought it was going to go. I get a lot. The good old Dusty Ramirez finish. Exactly. I, 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 do, I, I, uh, I have a lot of those matches with Rick Luxury. That's why he's one of my favorite guys to work with because he just comes up with really clever and, uh, you know, my eye, clever finishes. So... Yeah, I'd have to say, awesome. I'd have to say, you know, any any Rick Luxury he- heavyweight match and the Blue Demon Junior uh, old school Oliver John match would, are definitely on my top list. Mm-hmm. Now, the question to you, Mister Gill. Well, that's a good question. Um, uh, wow, Same, like Sparky said, puts me on the spot. Uh, uh, maybe the maybe the uh, the eight team uh, the eight tag team elimination match at uh, at Bloody Mania one. That was uh, mm-hmm. Beefcake and Valentine versus uh, Human Tornado and uh, Zach Gowan versus the Head Shrinkers versus Tito and George Santana versus Necro Butcher and Man Man Pondo. And I'm, I'm, I think I'm leaving out a team. And the Bashams. Santanas. The Bashams were in there. The Heads were in there. That was a, a great match. Uh, just to just that amount of people, and you know, like yeah, fifteen finishes or or what? Sorry, not fifteen. Sorry, uh, seven, six, seven finishes, whatever. So that was uh, that was really cool. And uh, just you know, the the venue, you know, uh, a show that starts at midnight and stuff. So being out in the middle of the night in the in a giant arena type space, it, it, that was really great, for sure. And uh, I actually had a really great uh, time with the Necro Butcher match. Uh, this past weekend for Fog City Wrestling, uh, Necro Butcher versus King Dabada. Um, it's I always love working with uh, Necro Butcher, and uh, it was just real fun to have him out here on on our town, you know. And uh, and working with him out here was real cool. We'd gotten to hang out a, a bunch and stuff all weekend, so it was real fun to be in there with them, real loose and and uh, and fun in there. Yeah, that that match was nuts. <laughs> It's pretty crazy, man. I, I like what you said earlier. I agree that uh, uh, Necro is very much cut, cut from the uh, the Bruiser Brody cloth. You know, he's like the only. You know what I'm saying? Which wild Jack is large, largely but, uh, based on as well. You know. 
Well, he, you know, Dylan will never claim to be the best worker in the world. Okay? He never will be. And he will never, ever say that. But he goes out. He has a good time. You know, he, he gives the fans what they want. You know, I mean, the fans this past Saturday wanted to see him kill Davida and get his right. hands on uh, on uh, Caesar Black. So, I mean, that's that's what it was. Money well spent. Everybody went home happy. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> he, he's just he's just great, and he brings that that, that yeah, like that rebel spirit, and just yeah, he he just tears it up out there, man. And uh, you know, there's a reason that he's booked all over the world. You know what I mean? He's not just a guy that wrestles like oh, I wrestle in death matches. He wrestles for Inoki in Japan and wrestles all over the world. So he's uh, and with uh, all the stuff in the movie, the wrestler too. Um, it, you know, I think that's it's a good time to be uh, Necro Butcher. Yeah, he's uh, really in demand, and uh, oh, he's worthy he indeed. He must worse, see. Must see. You're right. You have to see him live, especially especially in a small venue like the DNA Lounge, because it was intimate and it it reminded me of the the days in '97 with Vic Grimes and APW Garage just going nuts, and you know you were right there. I mean, they <laughs> Sparky. <laughs> what about your boy? <laughs> Get up out the way, dude. <laughs> Get up out the way, Raj. Raj almost got killed. <laughs> it was funny as hell. I mean, I, I don't think that them hitting him would have hurt. I think Dom would have probably would have sat on him, but that would have been that would have been really cool. But yeah, that was that was a solid show this past week, um, and the the week before was just insane. Um, Vogue City's, you know, they're they're uh, they're on a roll. Uh, they're gonna take a couple months off. I hear it's July uh, that they'll be back, so you know they'll recharge the batteries and and that's cool. But there's other things going on, you know, in the Bay Area. Um, I mean, there's there's APW, there's Big Time this weekend, there's PCW up in Orville, there's Supreme Pro Sacramento, there's NAW in Fresno. Uh, Pro Wrestling Revolution, who's all over the place. Uh, you want to go farther south? Devil Mountain. Yep, there's Devil Mountain still. So there's all kinds of stuff to uh, to uh, keep yeah, it going. I mean, of, it, a lot of great promotions in the area for sure. You know what I mean? I, I like what Fox City brings to the table with just like that extra. It's just kind of that extra oomph. You know that that the mm-hmm. shows really go over, and the just the the crowd response is really good, and the talent's amazing. You know, it's it's a really good time. Well, what's what's cool about this renaissance up here in Northern California is that there aren't two companies that are the same. Okay, Fog City br- brings the things you say to the table. Um, Pro Wrestling Revolution is is heavy lucha based, which is smart because that's that's how you draw money. And then there's there's APW, which is more focuses more on the the wrestling um, storylines. I can't in storylines. I, I can't speak on on PCW. Um, now, big time, on the other hand, is more of the uh, family friendly um, type of show. Um, and they have a, a very smart way of doing it too. You know, if, correct me if I'm wrong. They're essentially on the like two or four or six shows a year with one or two mm-hmm. super convention type things thrown in and all planned in advance. It's a, it's a smart way to run a business. Yeah, yeah. Kurt's really got a good formula for what he does. <laughs> and if it and works, they bring in the, 
Yeah, he gives them enough, and then gives you know has enough time to make the fans all want to come back for more. Well, see, the thing is, if if you were to see Jason Styles slipping over a, a newly released WWE superstar every week, I couldn't go. I could see it every couple months, but I can't go every week. Right. I'm, I'm not a fan of Jason Styles. I think he's, I don't know, but. <laughs> but you know it works every couple months. So yeah, it's interesting. And then and then like you said, the talent people bring in and stuff. Or uh, PWR will have uh, the Lucha Base, which is great. I mean, I'm a huge, super crazy fan. I got to see him all through the his ECW days and stuff back in New York. And uh, he's he's just awesome. You know what I mean? Uh, and yeah, Fog City has that mix of of stars, and who knows what? Uh, there's always something something new up the sleeve. You know over at Fog City, as Sparky Ballard could certainly attest to. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right, well, let's see. Um, now, now, Sparky, have you ever been involved in a heavy angle where where you, you've just been in the middle of it and you're like, oh, fuck, I feel this shit? Hmm. Well, let's see. Um, I think I think it's sometimes you know maybe not maybe not necessarily the angle, but like sometimes when certain guys' music hits, you're you kind of get that little tingly feeling like I'm about to be a part of something special, and I know something a really good match is about to go down. As far as being part of like an angle per se, mm, not necessarily. Uh, now, like, which one you know, of you gentlemen? Which one of you two gentlemen were were in the ring for the uh, uh, Dylan Drake getting his face broken a couple weeks ago? Well, that 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 happened as a promo in the beginning, so nobody was out when he actually okay. There wasn't face busted open, but I ended up refing the match uh, later on the night that he had, or should I say the next day that he had? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Huh? It was after midnight, late <laughs> night prime time, baby. <laughs> yeah, well, you know they got to go on late night. There it is. Yeah, that, I'm yeah, a mark. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> For them. Yeah, but uh, but, but I but I give uh, I give Dylan Drake mad props, man. You know because it, it obviously wasn't supposed to happen like that, and you know he he still sucked it up and put the gauze in his lip, filled up a whole trash can full of blood, and then went out there and and did his thing. You know, even at midnight, and uh, and he he put on one hell of a match and. Even though you know it's unfortunate it happened, I, I think it really put over uh, the, the whole angle with him being the big baby face and them, uh, you know, late night prime time being the the ultimate heel bullies. And let me tell you, it was uh, they're, they're going to need a new canvas after that one. Absolutely. Hey, it worked. It worked. It definitely worked, and and, and Dylan sold the shit out of it, and and, and man. It, I give it up to him. Man. I think I have. He's an awesome. I think worker. I have a new T-shirt slogan. I think I have a new T-shirt slogan, Sparky, which is uh, uh, <laughs> "Fog City is like a Hardway Juice, man. Just like Hardway Juice shirts, because there's a lot of yeah. a lot of Hardway going down in the city of the Bay." Mm 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 mm. That was, you know, I I I was hooked. It got me, and rarely nowadays an angle just like grabs me. I was like, oh, fuck. This is it. Th- that was a Roy Shires angle from 79. 
you know, it just uh, it gripped me, and, and I, I hope that they, they put it on TV. I'd love to see it on the TV, um, just because it's, it's a real angle that, that could capture people. Um, right. It, it definitely brought some realism to the angle, that's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Well, I'd, I'd love to see it on DVD with a recap of the whole Bill and Drake, like year one in Fog City kind of promo mm-hmm. package to set it up. Because yeah, he he's been through a lot as as far as like just building as a as a worker and, a, and as a, a star and stuff like that. And all, all the matches he's worked and the, the stipulations and stuff. He's had a great a great year everywhere he's worked. True that. I have to agree. He's a. Uh... One of the breakthrough stars of 08, I'll tell you. You know, um, impressive. You know, from from working with, you know, the Thornstow to uh, to Luxury to Slim, you know, to Oliver John, you know, I mean, top to bottom, he's just gone with everybody and he's kept up. Um, I'm just, I'm really surprised that the media has not really picked up on him. Um, I think we need to get Dave Meltzer's lazy ass out of his fucking house to come out to a Fox City show. Amen. I've invited him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess he's he's busy with the, uh, the uh, UFC pay-per-views and behind-the-scenes reporting. Me, I just keep it strictly wrestling. No comment. Well, you know, but... D- Dylan, Dylan, like you said, Dylan's big breakout year has been this year. I know he's got promo packs together and stuff like that, so I'm sure he's definitely going to be working in that direction of, you know, trying to take it. And plus, just for sure, absolutely, yeah. Just seeing all that stuff, like the Fog City stuff, he's done so much great stuff there, in particular uh, of late. I just love to see those angles, you know, on the on the the plasma screen. <clears throat> Okay, we're coming up. We've got about five minutes to go in the segment, gentlemen. Man, I'm blown up. I, hey, Rob, we, we we can't keep having Kurt Brown on, dude. I can't keep up with that guy. Too much for you, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking done. <laughs> I'm done. Plus, I'm doing the show sober now, so this is no fun. <laughs> it takes the edge off us. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, now um, we'll we'll start with you, Mr. Gill. Uh, do you have any other uh, referee gigs coming up in the near future? Um, I'll be up on uh, May 22nd or May 23rd in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, for uh, for JCW as part of the Hatchet Attacks uh, like festival, and uh, and I think that's all that's on the sheets for now. And then uh, see what's up, and then uh, Fog City is uh, we'll be back momentarily. Awesome, awesome. Is there a way, uh, if someone wants to book you or uh, contact you or, you know, you know, like stalk you online or something, how could they go about doing that? Sure, uh, they can hit me up on MySpace or whatever. It's myspace.com backslash Kevin Gill, uh, G-I-L-L. And, uh, yeah, you know, just thanks for having me on, you know. Hey, when, when, it, gets, uh, when it gets closer to the summer... You know, because I know the Juggalos like to tour in the summer. Uh, we'll have you on again, and maybe we'll have you on with the Tomasellis. Or at least Sal. Fuck Vito. Vito can suck my nuts. We'll have Sal on. Um, what about I like Sally. Brand- you know what? Brandon's a douche. He doesn't return calls. Uh-oh. That's, that's you talking. 
<laughs> wow, kid zombie, why would you want to say that? <laughs> Actually, you know you know what's funny is that Brandon is my favorite worker out of the three. Sure. I really love his work. He's uh, just an intense motherfucker, you know, and everything he does is just intense looking. And, you know, he's like, what, 250, 260, flies like a cruiserweight sometimes. But, yeah, yeah he's cool. The, the, the Thomas always, yeah, they, they are overdue for a Bay Area return. Well, Sally hasn't been out here since, jeez, when did we film the shoots? Uh, I think it was last July, if I remember right. So, yeah, Sal was out here, and you know, we kicked it for a minute, and yeah, we need to get those boys out here. Just uh, you know, never mind working. Just let's uh, partake, shall we say? But uh, Mr. Gill, would, thank you for coming help, on. It was. Uh... Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. As my closing thought, uh, sorry to cut you off. Yeah, I mean, with all this Bay Area, Bay Area resurgence, people, whether it's the Tomasellis or Necro Butcher or whatever. These people can come in and stay for a couple of days and work a weekend and, and be on different shows in different parts of the area. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't have to be all limited and whatnot. Yeah. People work yeah, together. You know what I'm saying? More, the more good can happen for the wrestling community. Yeah, that's right. That's very true. And it, it doesn't happen as much as it used to um, with the piggybacking. You know, where, where promoters will go half on the, uh, on the airfare, airfare and then... <laughs> You know, it's it shit doesn't happen anymore. That's I mean, I'm not saying that you know everybody should be part you know of one territory or whatever. I'm just saying sure, sure. you know you know just just play nice and you know fucking work together. You know, because it don't hurt you if somebody does something two three hours away the next day after you did your thing. Everybody wins. That's right. Exactly, Mundo. You know, but. Well, Mr. Gill, it was a pleasure. I will uh, be contacting you very soon. Um, hopefully we will run into each other before Fog City comes uh, makes their return. But uh, thanks for coming on and, and throwing, in, uh, throwing in a little hatchet job there. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, it was great to be here. Thanks to thanks to you, KZ, and, of course, uh, my compatriot, Sparky Ballard, who is the man, no question. So uh, hey, thanks to all. You, Peace out. <laughs> What's that? I said right back at you. Oh, that's the thing. All right, y'all. Well, peace out. All right, right, brother. Be good. All right, Mr. Ballard. Now that I have you alone, how would we go about if uh, someone by chance, if you happen to have an open spot some weekend (laughs) and they'd like to book your, uh, your busy ass, how do they go about doing that? I guess I could just go to uh, MySpace and check out Sparky Ballard, S-P-A-R-K-E-Y, B-A-L-L-A-R-D. I mean, I got a, I got a laundry list of stuff coming up, so. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, man. Run it the fuck down. All right, let's see. We're we're doing BT this Saturday for the wrestling. You can check out more at btwrestling.com. Then the next night on Mother's Day, she's going to kill me, but uh, I'm going out to Nod doing the Fat Cat. That's, at the, that's uh, in uh, Modesto. And then uh, the following week, I, mean, I think we got like our first ever uh, all-pro wrestling show on a Friday. It actually starts at 8 o'clock, so it's kind of a little bit of a change-up. Being as 
APW is going to be down in King City the next day to do a show. Where are they bringing and, uh, you? Can, um, I think we're just using a lot of our uh, our local talent, but I know there's also going to be a couple of surprise debuts as, as well, too, so that should definitely be interesting to see how that all works out. I know out. one. I know <laughs> one, but I'm not saying nothing. <laughs> hey, Fable will live. The next, and then the next day, uh, Bart from AWS was kind enough to squeeze me in on his stack show for the women's tournament for their first ever AWS women's title. So that's pretty exciting. It's going to be my first time working with those guys, so I'm really looking forward to that. And then uh, the week after, Marcus Mack let me know that uh, I'm going to be doing some refereeing for Pro Knox on the 23rd, and that's their first show called Genesis. So that one should be pretty exciting, too. get to work with a bunch of new talent that I haven't got a chance to work with. And then uh, the week after that, there's that Pro Wrestling Revolution show out in Milpitas that we were talking about. It was super crazy. And like you said, you can check more of their stuff out on the revolution, uh, prowrestling-revolution.com. And then uh, the next week after that, doing a show in San Francisco for Pro Wrestling Revolution. And I know they're bringing out Blue Demon Jr. again for that one. So that Oliver John and Blue Demon Jr. again. I'm again. calling it, motherfucker. Title change. I'm calling it. It's a well, title I guess we'll just change. Have to, you'll just have to come to find out, I guess. You're damn right. That's going to be a nice birthday present. And then uh, the day the after that, on, on uh, June 7th, we'll go do uh, PWU West Coast with uh, Billy Blades starting up deal. Um, that one's going to be in Bakersfield uh, for like some rock and roll fest that they're having down there. So that should be pretty exciting, too. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Man, plate's full, brother. Yep. So you know, I I got I don't have any more weekends, but I love it, you know. So because I'm I'm getting to live my dream, and that's what it's all about, you know. And uh, just put the hustle out there, and you know, try to help enhance these matches the best I can, and that's what I do best. So. That's a good answer. That's a very good answer. Sparkologist, thank you for call, coming in, brother. Um, we're hey, gonna cut out early, dude. Me. I'm I'm fucking beat. So. No worries, no worries. Day. There'll be another time again, I'm sure. So, hey, man, I mean, you know, you're a lot like me, struggling to breathe in this fucking humidity up here, man. This is horrendous, isn't it? Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a little weird, but you know what? It uh, keeps you on your toes. Yeah, no shit. All right, Sparks, thanks for calling in. We'll, uh, we'll have to have you on again. Uh, maybe we can have your cousins on and, and talk a little shit. There you go, that'd be awesome. All right, if I don't talk to you, brother, I'll see you on Saturday. For sure. All right, bro. That was uh, the number one referee in Northern California, Mr. Sparky Ballard. Rob, are you still there? Yes, I'm here. What's going on? Are you done? Are you snoring? No, no, I'm awake. <laughs> uh, well, we see. Like I said, we're we're in the middle of a renaissance. So there's a, there's a whole bunch of different companies up here, and that's that's not not to mention Strikeforce. So I mean, there's a shitload of stuff. I mean, and Sparky said he's booked. You know, I mean, Sparky's booked on all these weekends. So, but, you know, it's, it's it's a good time to be a fan up here. You know, and there's a bunch of different shit, you know, and, you know, people are bringing in different types of people. But, you know, it's good. It's about fucking time. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's about fucking time. So, have you gotten the MySpace gimmick yet? Oh, I have MySpace, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I have MySpace. I don't really go on it, but I have it. 
<laughs> you have anything other than your girlfriend? I, do you have anything to plug? <laughs> no, I'll find something though. One of these days, I, uh, I'll find something. Don't worry. <laughs> what? Something to plug or a girlfriend? Uh, well, both would work. <laughs> I think I'll take the latter first, and then we'll work on it. <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot, Rob. But uh, we'll uh, we'll be talking to you next week. Um, what's the date? Today is the sixth, thirteenth. No, no UFC preview next week. It'll be the week after. Uh, I have no idea what we're gonna do next week. But you know, I, I usually let you know on Tuesdays. So, <laughs> but you know, that's how I do business. So, but uh, thanks for coming on and 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 uh, partaking and and uh, soaking up. You know the knowledge that Mr. Wacko Kurt Brown likes to likes to spew. You know that dude's different. <laughs> Kurt is the man. <laughs> he rules. <laughs> he rules. But I'm gonna knock you off the line so I can run down the plugs and plug all the sponsors and all that fun shit. But thanks for coming on and, and contributing, and I will talk to you next week. All right, catch you later, guys. All right, bro. Take care. Hey, that was the co-host, Joshi Rob. I gave him the Joshi nickname because he likes those screaming, yelling little Japanese chick workers. So, but we have another show in the books. This is show number 106. Uh, I, I highly recommend going back to the blogtalk.com backslash radio uh, archives and check out our, uh, our show from uh, a couple weeks ago with Bill Barron's. Uh, it's called The Booking Spotlight. Um, really, really good stuff there. Um, I sat in a learning tree for, I don't even know how long, hour and a half maybe. I think it might have been two hours, but yeah, it was just a, it was a fun fucking show. Um, definitely worth checking out. Also, yeah, if you're in the Bay Area, get your happy ass out to Newark, um, this Saturday. I think the doors are 10 o'clock for the Fan Fest, and I'm not sure what time the show is. It might be at 7 uh, you can go to btwrestling.com. You can buy your tickets there. You can see who's on the lineup. Uh, Bret Hart, RVD, Just Incredible, Bill Alfonso, um, Marty Janetti, Val Venus will be working in the main event, um, Scotty Tuhati, uh, a bunch of different people. You can come on out. Um, I'll be there at the Wrestle Warehouse uh, booth with uh, Jeff from San Diego. So, yeah, come on out, man. Say what's up. Buy some DVDs. You know, it's cool. <laughs> if you have any questions or anything on any merch or whatever, you know, we'll talk to you about it. It's all good. So, yeah, uh, speaking of Jeff, WrestleWarehouse.com, Lucha Libre masks, DVDs, T-shirts. Uh, check out any of the SoCal Pro Wrestling DVDs that they have on the uh, site. Well worth uh, checking out. Um, also, the other sponsor would be SlamBamJam.com, Alfredo is the fucking man. Uh, classic Lucha, classic uh, Japanese pro wrestling, current as well, uh, some really good best ofs, uh, some hidden gems, some wacky stuff too. Um, you can just uh, search. The Classic Lucha is awesome. The AAA TV is awesome. Um, from the, er, from the uh, mid-90s, just really good stuff. Uh, the Classic Lucha from the 80s is really good shit. Um, you can follow the early careers of Rey Mysterio Jr., um, that fag, Juventud Gonorrhea, um, 
you know, you can just uh, check all that shit out. Uh, also, props to the mothership, uh, Stevie J and the boys over there at AngryMarks.com. Uh, much love. You can uh, search iTunes um, under Angry Marks, Angry Marks, and you can get any of our podcasts that way, or you can get our archives and shit at the AngryMarks.com website. Um, also, you know, check out the writing at Angry Marks as well. Um, they got some pretty good stuff there. Uh, the news, you know, is reported and whatnot. And uh, also got to throw props out to Kurt Brown's site, StanTheEmbryo.com. Wiggity wiggity whack. Okay, whack shit. That's all I got to say about that. Um, yeah, once again, it's been a fun show, and uh, I'm not sure what we're going to be doing next week. Um, I'm like I said, I'm taking one day at a time. So, well, uh. Let's see. Let's uh, we'll we'll play a song on the way out. So uh, holla at your boy. See y'all next week. Yeah.